Hi everyone, it's Carly here. Um, bit of a secret project for you this week, everyone. As you know, it's an off week for the podcast, so there's no episode uploaded this week. You can go and check out our last episode, which was Talking Tags, and there'll be a new episode coming out next Tuesday. But just for this week, I've got a little bit of a secret project for you. This is something Sandra's been working on in the background, behind the scenes. So as you all know, Sandra does the readings for our canon fodder sections of the podcast. And if you ask me, she does a wonderful job every single time. Um, She's getting better and better every single reading that she does. I keep telling her this. She keeps arguing with me, but I'm sure you'll all agree. She does an absolutely marvellous job of bringing those stories to life, you know, and really drawing you in, making you want to go read them. And in a lot of cases, I think, making you wish she was reading more of them. So if you've ever listened to a Canon Fodder section and thought, damn, I really wish she'd go and read that whole story. Well, today is your lucky day, my friends, because secretly behind the scenes, Sandra has been working on a full reading of one of my fics, actually. And she kept it a secret from me. She didn't tell me that she was doing it. And then she one day she was just like, hey, surprise, I did this thing. Um, go Go check out the Google Drive. So I went and looked at it and I was like, oh, she's done a cannon fodder reading of need for me. That's that's really sweet of her. And then when I opened it and realized, holy cow, she's done a full reading of need for me. And I was obsessed, guys, absolutely obsessed. I Maybe it's narcissistic, but I've listened to this audio recording like five times at least. I'm obsessed, y'all. So bit of background. Yep. This is uh, a story by myself, Carly. It's called Need, and it's a bit of a BDSM, bit of a kink story. Uh, it's Sam Winchester Reader, Sam Winchester You, and uh, it's split into two chapters. One focused on um, a more dominating, in control Sam, and the second chapter focused on a more submissive Sam. Um, I would say the second chapter is is slightly heavier than the first, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't put any warnings on it. I wouldn't say, you know, it it needs any any sort of warnings. It's just just a little bit of a little bit of kink. Um it's a work I'm really proud of. Um when I sort of threw the idea out to to Sandra and our other friend D in our group chat, I was really proud of it and I'm I am still really proud of, of the way it came together and, you know, I've had a lot of lovely feedback from uh, a lot of readers out there that tell me that they like it as well. So, yep, totally in the background, unbeknownst to me, Sandra was uh, working away on this. And when I first heard it, I was like, this is amazing. I have to share it with you guys. I really have to share it. So I got Sandra's permission, of course, and um, I'm free to upload the entire canon fodder reading of Need for y'all. Um just as a side note to that, the thumbnail for this video, actually the thumbnail for all the videos and the background icon for all the videos are all also made by Sandra. She's a lady of many, many talents. I swear, guys, I literally just provide a voice. She does everything else. She is amazing. But um, I just think, I think her art deserves special mention. But when she sent me the thumbnail and the video icon for this one, I was like, holy cow babes what the hell are you doing this with me for you the talent you have is unbelievable so this is sandra's reading of uh, need by myself carly karma and uh, go give her some love guys you know she's drasner on ao3 
She's S. Kyle writes on Twitter. Of course, you can comment under this video. She'll see that as well. But seriously, go and give my girl all of the love because the work that she puts in is incredible. And I am still blown away by this reading. I'm blown away with the art that she comes up with for the podcast. And I am just so incredibly touched that she gave me this gift and that then she gave me permission to share it all with you. So sit back, get comfortable, enjoy the ride, and uh, I will catch you all in the next episode. See you all later, guys. Bye. Need by Carly Karma. Rating explicit. No archive warnings apply. Category is female-male. Relationship, Sam Winchester U, Sam Winchester Reader. Additional tags, established relationship, smut, shameless smut, plot, what plot, porn without plot, porn with feelings, dominant Sam Winchester, in control Sam Winchester, drinking, drinking to cope, nipple play, mild breath play, Sam Winchester's filthy mouth, vaginal fingering, vaginal sex, wall sex, angst, angst and hurt slash comfort, Sam Winchester needs a hug, Sam Winchester needs to use actual words, gags, safe, sane, and consensual, Sam Winchester praises you, pain kink, Sam Winchester talks dirty, aftercare, kneeling, pet names, submissive Sam Winchester, wax play, knife play, sort of, coming untouched, hair pulling, rope bondage, subspace, sort of, light BDSM, internal monologue, sort of, pain play, sensation play, Sam Winchester gives oral sex, oral sex, aftercare, again, it's important y'all. Summary, the hunt went bad, so fucking bad. Sam needs you, he needs. Chapter notes, as with all my kink works, Sam or Dean, let's imagine these scenes have been talked about in advance, boundaries and limits discussed, etc., etc., safe words in place. Even for an impromptu scene like this one, everyone is on the same page and this scenario has been discussed. At no point is anyone in danger and everyone is consenting. That being established, on with the smut. I think I'll die if you deny me. Swallowed alive in eternity. Sadist by Stone Sour. Chapter 1 Dominate. The thud of boots on metal stairs is a sound that could wake you from the dead. It's ingrained in you. It's never the clang of the bunker's main door, always the boots on the stairs. You can even tell the brothers apart. Dean, lighter footfalls, but slower, more measured. Sam, Heavier, but faster. Dean enjoys the act of walking into his home. Sam just wants to get inside the space. There's probably a whole heap for a therapist to unpack there. You choose not to look too closely at it and just greet the brothers as you hear them. The second thud. Bags are being thrown onto the war table. If you're close by, you can hear the rattle of guns, ammo, and who knows what else inside them. Tonight, or is it tomorrow morning, you only hear the bags being dropped. 
sometimes conversation happens. The boys discuss the hunt, the drive home, a song on the radio in the car. Could be anything. Tonight it's silent. That's not inherently bad. It's late. Maybe they're tired. Perhaps they had a spat in the car. But the footfalls aren't coming towards the bedrooms and the shower. They're fading away towards the kitchen. That's bad. It's dark in Sam's room as you lie on his side of the bed and just listen. When you hear a cupboard slam, that's when you sit up and flick the lamp on. There won't be any cuddling and drifting back off tonight. Well, not for a while yet. This could still go either way. Dean's deep rumble is audible from further away than Sam's slightly higher pitch. At least they're talking. A bottle on the war table. You'd miss the feet coming back. A pause. A second bottle. Ah. They didn't open the fridge. Those aren't beer bottles. Dean uses Hunter's helper as a sleeping aid more nights than not. Sam doesn't. So if Sam has cracked the seal, it has to be awful. Both of them drink beer like it's water, but Dean is the one with the tolerance. Sam has no head for spirits. It fucks him up pretty fast. He's not a violent drunk, or even an angry one. He doesn't stagger. No son of John Winchester falls over either. But he wears his pain on his face, clear for all to see. The nice, amenable Sam is gone. The Sam who tries to make himself smaller, more approachable, gives way to a Sam who stands tall and demands what he wants, who pushes back and says what he really means. It's hot as fuck, but sad. You wish Sam felt like he could be himself without whiskey in his veins, but that's another topic for the non-existent therapist. It's quiet while you're mulling things over. Just a low hum of the brothers talking. There's no yelling, no anger, only muffled voices and the periodic clink of glass bottles on the glass tabletop. You wait. Desire draws in your core as sadness swirls in your stomach. You're not keeping track of the time passing. There's nothing you can do but wait. There won't be sleep until Sam has exercised the demon of this hunt. But you can't go get him either. Sam and Dean need to talk it out, make their peace. Then Dean will go to bed, or maybe the Dean cave. Sam will wait until his brother is gone. He'll sigh, scrub his hands over his face, take another gulp from the bottle, curse, another swallow. Then he'll push himself up from leaning against the table, grab the bottle, and walk down the hall to you. The voices die down, quiet. There's Dean's murmur, the slap of skin as Dean lays a hand on Sam's shoulder. Then those measured footfalls fade to nothing. You don't hear Sam's ritual until his steps are echoing off the walls toward you. You stay sat up in bed, sheets over your lap, as one of Sam's shirts fall off one shoulder. You're 99% sure what is going to walk through the door, but until you see his face, you can't be certain. The door opens with a shove. Sam stands in the doorway, taking another drag from the bottle. He doesn't look at you as he enters the space, just finishes his drink and puts the bottle on the side. The door is closed with a kick. Only then does he find your face. The pain is written as clear as day. The hollows under his eyes, the curl to his lips, 
the set of his jaw. Sam is hurting, and you hurt for him. Come here. His voice doesn't slur, but it is looser. The whiskey deepens it, making it closer to Dean's timber. You don't hesitate. As soon as he speaks, you're out of bed. Sam's shirt falls to your thighs, but you still shiver on the concrete floor. Sam watches you with dark eyes as you round the bed and come towards him. His gaze roams your body, and he doesn't even try to disguise it. Nights like these, when the hunt goes bad, really bad, that's when you learn what need really is. Sam uses your body like it's absolution made corporeal. Like if he can bury himself deep enough in you, it will erase the memories, bring back the dead. He doesn't talk about it, doesn't give you any details, just fucks you like a man possessed and then wraps his body around you in the dark. He's never cruel, just demanding. You like the side of Sam that dominates, you just wish it didn't come with such pain. As soon as you're within arm's reach, Sam's arm whips out and grabs you, his large hand a shackle on your wrist, loose but unyielding. No matter how much you might want to run, you're Sam's now. He pulls you into his body, crushing you to his chest and forcing the air out of you. His hand drops from your wrist to your lower back, clutching you to him. His hips roll restlessly against your stomach, the length of him hot and heavy even through the denim. His other hand cups your face, tilts you up to look at him. He's almost grinding his teeth, and you can see his jaw muscle tick. His thumb rubs your cheekbone, it's almost a caress, before he shoves his hand into your hair and makes a fist. Fuck, baby. Want you. Fucking need you. As he speaks, he turns your body so he can press you back into the door and slot your legs together. He presses his thigh into your core as his hips roll against you. His hand is still fisted in your hair, pulling your head back and making you look him in the eye. His free hand spans your lower back, pulling you into him, even as his body weight pushes you into the door. Sam. He presses a finger over your lips, silencing you. Shh, princess. He runs his finger over your lips before leaning in to kiss you. Sam's kisses are phenomenal, even on nights like tonight when it's more teeth and bite than anything else. You can feel the desperation coursing through him and can only passively take what he gives. Sam needs to feel in control right now. Everything is spiraling for him and being with you, taking control of your pleasure, is what helps him come down. You don't voice any complaints. Sometimes Sam needs to be dominant. Sometimes he begs you to hurt him. Yet another thing for the therapist that doesn't exist to figure out. Sam pulls back from your mouth with a groan, releasing your hair at the same time. You tilt your head back against the door and pant. He doesn't back off, though, still crowding your space with his larger frame. He strips his shirt off you with efficient hands, leaving you only in black panties. Nothing special, just something comfortable to sleep in. But Sam groans like you're wearing high-end lingerie. He throws the shirt behind him and runs his hands up your sides until they're cupped under your breasts. Despite the constant coldness of the bunker, Sam's hands are warm against your skin, hot even, and they leave goosebumps in their wake. He rests his thumbs on the peaks of your nipples, letting the anticipation build as your nerves fire randomly. He waits until you let out a whimper before starting to move the digits, 
making you moan. He teases you for a little before ducking down to suckle on each nub as you arch into the sensation. You go to bury a hand in his hair, but his reflexes are way too fast and your wrist is pinned to the door before you can blink. He rolls his eyes to look up at you before baring his teeth and biting down on the flesh in his mouth, slowly increasing the pressure until he's skirting the line between pleasure and true pain, holding you there for a beat and then pushing just a little more. As soon as the cry of real pain leaves your lips, Sam releases you. He licks and sucks until the sting is gone and you're arching into him again. Once he's satisfied, he stands again, giving your nipples one final brush before one hand skims over your stomach and down while the other comes up to close around your throat. Sam doesn't squeeze, doesn't apply any pressure at all, only rests his fingers there as he uses his thumb to turn your jaw away from him. You quickly get the message and tilt your head to the side, giving him access to the side of your neck. Ducking his head, Sam has more than a few inches on you. He runs the point of his nose up the column of your throat before kissing his way back down. His voice is low, almost a whisper when he speaks. So beautiful. All for me. All mine. He punctuates his words with a nip to your earlobe that makes you gasp. His other hand is playing with the waistband of your panties now, fingertips dipping under the fabric every so often. You whine and buck your hips forward as much as you can with his legs still tangled with yours. Sam laughs, a dark sound. Eager girl, so desperate for me. But you're going to have to wait, princess. I'm not ready to give you what you want yet. His hand pushes fully into your panties, and he runs two fingers through your slit and up to circle your clit. Sam groans, and you let out a small cry. Very eager girl. Are you waiting for me, huh? His slick fingers rub over your clit and make you buck forward again, moaning. I love hearing you moan for me, princess. It's me so fucking hard. He thrusts his hips extra hard against you. Feel? Let's see what other noises I can get you to make for me. His fingers drop from your clit at the same time his mouth leaves your ear and presses into your throat again. A gentle kiss that belies what's coming. Sam thrusts two fingers into you as he bites down over your pulse. A wail is forced out of you, the dual pleasure and pain making you tremble. Sam moves his fingers in and out, thrusting deeply inside you, sucking over his bite to raise a purple mark at the same time. Oh, fucking perfect. Good girl. Such a good girl. He keeps up the motion of his fingers, never speeding up, just deep thrusts that mimic how he fucks you. He twists his hand a little so the heel of his palm is over your clit stimulating the bundle of nerves. God, I could listen to you all day, baby, but we can't have Dean busting in here, can we? Why don't you put that mouth to another use, huh? As he speaks, he lifts his hand from your throat and presses his middle two fingers into your mouth, resting them on your tongue. His other two fingers press into your cheeks. It's not exactly painful, but the sensation makes you squirm. There we go. Now you can scream all you like for me. Sam keeps up his deep thrusts while you suck on his fingers. They're long enough to almost make you gag. Your throat constricts a couple of times when he presses a little too deep. Spit fills your mouth and spills out of the corner of your mouth. As Sam drives you closer and closer to the edge, your moans get louder and louder. That's it. 
louder. Show me how good I make you feel. His thrusts seem even deeper somehow, and he's soaking them into that magic spot that makes your stomach lurch and vision flash. Oh, I can feel how close you are. Your cunt is so tight around my fingers. It's going to be amazing around my cock. You're right there. Your orgasm is so close. You just need one more thrust, one more brush against your clit. Anything. Sam's voice next to your ear, his breath on your skin. Come. Scream for me. That's it. Sam's voice, his command, sends you over the edge like a fucking freight train. Even muffled by his fingers, your cry echoes as your whole body locks up for a second. Then you're coming, a gush of fluid that soaks Sam's hand, his wrist. A second rush runs down his arm and onto the floor between you both. Your moans turn from ecstasy to overstimulation in a heartbeat, and then you're squirming away from Sam's hand. Your hand comes up to grab his shoulders, finally moving from the door where he'd left them, as your knees threaten to buckle. Sam withdraws his hand, mindful of your sensitivity. He takes his hand away from your mouth also, leaving you free to pant and catch your breath. He takes half a step back from you and pulls a shirt over his head before using it to wipe your cum off his arm. Jesus, baby, so fucking hot. He rubs the heel of his hand over the line of his cock, hissing as he does so. Tossing his shirt in the same direction as yours, he steps back into your space. Gentle hands work your panties over your hips and thighs until they're down far enough to fall on their own. God, I've got to fuck you, please. Princess, baby, I need to. Please, please. When Sam stepped back, you braced your hands back on the door. Now that he's back, you press them into his shoulders and look at him. His body shines, even in the dim light, a sheen of sweat over honey-golden skin. The blues, greens, golds of his irises are gone, just a brown ring around his pupils now. His jaw is still tight. His lip curls as he fights to keep himself in check, to wait for your answer. He'll wait, even though it pains him. If you said no, he'd stop. He needs, but he's not mindless. Under your hands, you can feel him tremble. His hands are in fists by his sides. Sam runs his mouth on nights like this, but he still hangs on your every word. He's mouthing the word please now. Not audible, but you can see his lips forming the sounds. You reach out and cup him through his jeans. Sam's answering moan is loud and harsh, like you forced it out of him. Please, Sam, I need you. Your voice is steady, if a little hoarse, from Sam playing with your gag reflex. The effect of your words is immediate. Sam's hands fly to his belt, ripping the leather open and then undoing his jeans. He reaches into his boxers and pulls his cock out before shoving both fabrics down his thighs. He squeezes the base of his cock for a second or two before releasing it and stepping even closer to you. Come here then, princess. He gets a hand under each thigh and waits for you to brace your hands on his shoulders. Once he knows you're ready, he lifts you with ease getting you to the right height before pressing you back fully into the door and grabbing his cock again, supporting you with only one hand. The muscles in that arm strain with your weight, but you don't move an inch as he lines up and lowers you onto his cock, as if you were nothing. You both moan as he fills you up, Sam with his head tipped back in bliss. He lets you adjust a second while he balances your weight between the door and his hands. 
The strength Sam has never fails to blow your mind. He walks around like a normal human, but he can toss you around like a rag doll. It drives you wild. When Sam is happy, you wrap your legs around his waist. The sign for go. Sam withdraws and fucks up into you with all his strength. You wrap your arms around his neck and hang your head forward. Otherwise, you're going to come away from this with a concussion. Fuck me, princess. So fucking tight around me. Like a cunt was made for my cop. He breaks off to moan as his words make you clench. Yeah, you like that idea, baby? Like that you're mine? This perfect cunt is all mine, isn't it? You nod, unable to form words as he slams into you. The angle isn't perfect like this, but Sam gives it his all anyway, reminding you once again how powerful he really is and how much he holds himself back in normal life. The thought pushes you even closer to another orgasm. God, you feel so fucking good. So perfect, baby. Can't get enough of fucking you. His thrusts are speeding up now, shallower as he chases his end. I'd never let you out of bed if I could. Spend all day fucking you and telling you how perfect you are. You can feel another orgasm approaching. Can feel how close you are, baby. Can you come like this? Just with my cock filling you up, huh? Can you be a good girl for me and show me how good it is? His words tip you over. It's not as powerful this time, with no direct stimulation to your clit. But it still has you crying out and then muffling yourself by biting into Sam's shoulder. Sam's groan is pure pleasure. He likes the pain. His hips thrust forward once more before locking up as he pulses into you. His groans fade out to panting breaths. Carefully, gentle hands now, he pulls out of you and lowers you back to the floor. His hands move from thighs to hips, and he holds you steady until you gain your balance. Once you're secure, he lets you go, pressing his palms into the door on either side of your head and bending down to hide his face in your shoulder. Here comes the come down. He's worked out his need now, exercised the fear and adrenaline of the hunt. Now he has to actually feel his feelings. You pet his hair for a couple minutes, but without his hands on you and his body close to yours, the chill of the bunker is making you shiver. You grip his face softly and raise it out of your shoulder. His eyes are dull now, no longer blown with lust, but still brown irises around dilated, drunk pupils. Bed? You phrase it as a question, but really it's a cue for Sam that you're going to make him move. He nods sluggishly and stands up straight. You take his hand and lead him over to his side of the bed, pausing to shove his jeans to his knees and pull his boxers back up before motioning him to sit. It takes you only seconds to kneel and unlace his boots, pull off his socks, and work his jeans off. All done, you gesture to him to lie down and pull the covers up over him. You walk around the bed and grab some clean clothes from the dresser. I'll be back in a second. You wait for his nod before pulling another stolen tea over your head. Your quick trip to the bathroom takes barely minutes, and soon you're back in the room, sliding under the sheets and stretching over Sam to hit the light switch. The room goes dark instantly, just a crack of light from under the door, where the hall lights shine day and night. You lay down, and Sam pulls you into his arms. He tucks you into his body, throwing a leg over yours and resting his head on top of yours on the pillow. The words he whispers in the dark are barely audible. Thank you. You hum in response, knowing he doesn't want an audible reply, 
This is his aftercare, holding you close. You're never sure what goes through his head after scenes like this. He'll be back to his normal self in the morning, but he won't give you any details of the hunt, and if Dean fills you in, Sam will leave the room. You've asked him, but he doesn't answer you. But somewhere between the desperate fucking, the silent darkness, where he holds you tight, so fucking tight, in the morning he finds his way back to you. It's not a perfect system, but it's working for you both. Add it to the list for the therapist, you guess. Behind you, Sam's breaths are deep and even. You're never sure if he actually sleeps after these scenes. He doesn't answer you, and you certainly can't escape his arms to turn on a light. But some part of you tells you he isn't actually sleeping. You close your eyes. In the morning, smiles and dimples will greet you. Blue, green, gold eyes will banish any thoughts of dull brown ones. You're eager to get there. Until the next time the hunt goes bad. But you'll be right here to help him through it. Chapter Notes Yeah, yeah, hands-free orgasm with no touching. I know, I know. It's porn. Just go with it, yeah. It's hot. Also, please note the updated tags. Enjoy. Wash the sorrow from off my skin. Show me how to be whole again. Castle of Glass by Lincoln Park. Chapter 2. Submit. Feet on the metal stairs. That rhythmic thud is the best alarm clock you've ever found, even if the alarm is set to the oddest hours. Dual footfalls down the stairs. Dual thuds of bags on the war table. The rumble of voices. A slap of skin. Then single footfalls get louder. You sit up and hit the light switch. Again, you're on Sam's side of the bed in a stolen shirt. The footsteps are louder now, coming to the door. They stop. You hear Sam's intake of breath. The door opens gently. Sam knows you're awake, but he's being extra respectful anyway. He closes the door quietly behind him, never looking at you. He stays by the door to remove his boots, placing them out of the way. Satisfied, he crosses the space and stops at the foot of the bed. Eyes down, he waits for just a beat, long enough for another deep breath, before dropping gracefully to his knees. Despite his size and weight, Sam hits the floor with minimal sound. You're not able to see from the bed, but you know his form will be perfect. Head down, straight back, thighs spread, arms folded behind his back. No words are needed to explain what he wants, what he needs from you. You slip out of the covers and come to the foot of the bed. Sam has left enough space for you to walk between him and the furniture, enough space to sit on the edge of the mattress. You cross one leg over the other and wait. If Sam wants, he will have to ask. A minute passes. You can hear your heartbeat. Another minute. Maybe all Sam wants tonight is to kneel at your feet. Please. It's quiet, directed at the floor more than you. Sam finds it hard to let go, even when he wants to. You reach forward to cup his chin in your palm and raise his face to look at you. Compared to the way Sam shows his pain when he needs to take control, this face is the polar opposite. Instead of hard lines, you see only softness, 
in place of gritted teeth and curled lips. Defeat is marked in every line. His face is mostly blank, skin smooth and soft. No less blown eyes tonight. Instead, the pupils are small, no doubt caused by adrenaline still running through Sam's system, but the kaleidoscope of colors is dulled to a murky gray. The same pain, the same feelings of inadequacy and regret, just with a different need. It's like looking at a totally different Sam. When his eyes meet yours, Sam closes them with a pained groan. You tighten your grip on his chin, dig your fingers in just that bit harder. Sam shudders but opens his eyes again. You raise an eyebrow at him. Another deep breath, nostrils flaring. Sam fights this so hard. He knows he needs it, needs to be taken down and not have to think or make choices anymore. But he fights every time, battles himself to submit. Please, I need you to make it stop. Take me down, princess. Please. The word princess covers a lot of rules in your relationship. In everyday life, it's a term of utter endearment. When Sam is in charge, it holds a sharper edge. Not mocking, but the way Sam uses it implies you're somehow lesser. You're his little princess there to serve him. Scenes like this, however, it's princess with a capital master. A term of worship, of honor. Sam puts himself at your feet and waits for you to command him. It's hot as fuck in any scenario. You can no longer watch any news coverage about any royal family without getting a little aroused. Sam finds this hilarious. You release Sam's face and sit back. Stand up. Sam is on his feet in seconds. Strip for me. Don't drag it out, please. Normally, when you ask Sam to strip for you, he makes a beautiful show of it. But tonight, you can feel how close to the edge he is, and you're keen to step him back from that free fall. Sam moves with efficiency, shedding his clothes and tossing them to the side. You're not bothered about what he does with them, just that they are not on him anymore. He stands before you, fully nude, half hard cock between his thighs. You make a show of looking him over before focusing on his face so he can see you drop your eyes to the floor and then back up to his face. Message received. Once again, Sam gracefully folds his body and drops to the floor. This time, you can see the small adjustments he makes to his posture, spreading his thighs wide to balance his weight, folding his arms into place behind his back, pulling his torso up so his spine is straight, before finally dropping his gaze to your feet. Good. Always so good for me, Sam. You watch the shudder travel down his spine. Uncrossing your legs, you stand, making your way around Sam and over to the dresser. You grab the few items you'll need and move back towards the bed. Step one is to light the body-safe paraffin candle and place it well out of the way to begin melting. Next, you grab the length of rope you selected and step behind Sam. Sam, I'm going to tie your wrists to your thighs. I want you to keep still for me while I do it, please. Sam grunts an affirmative noise. With words, please. He voices his agreement, and you kneel behind him and begin tying his limbs together. This bondage won't actually keep him in place if he wants to escape. The proximity of his fingers to the knots means he could free himself with complete ease. However, this is more for the mental aspect. 
a physical thing Sam can feel and associate with being bound. He selected a coarser rope to add to both the sensation and the pain Sam craves. As you wind the rope around thick thighs and thick wrists, you can feel tremors running under Sam's skin. You lick your lips, arousal beginning to form. Sam looks good on his knees. He looks even better bound. When you're finished, you step back in front of Sam. The change in his demeanor is obvious. His form is still perfect, but you can see he's not as tense as before. Perfect. Thank you, Sam. You hold up the blindfold you picked. Would you like me to blindfold you or not? Sam raises his head to look at you and the fabric. You watch another shudder go through him. Yes, please, princess. I want you to blindfold me. You step between Sam's spread thighs to secure the fabric. The position brings Sam's face to your pussy. You feel his head jerk slightly as he instinctively reaches for you, before remembering his place and pulling back. You pet his hair as a small reward for behaving himself. Well done, Sam. Another shudder. Sam's praise kink is a mile wide. Add it to the therapist file. You've made sure the blindfold is tied tightly and fully blocks Sam's vision. You test it by taking half a step back, then waving your fingers in front of his face. Not a twitch. You move towards the bed, placing your feet deliberately so Sam can keep track of you and pick up the BDSM claws you'd selected. Small silver rings slide into the tips of your fingers, leaving claws extending past the ends of your fingers. When you'd purchased them, they'd been blunt. But a little time with Dean's knife kit, and now they're much closer to the cat claws they imitate. You sit on the edge of the bed while you put them on. Five rings. One for each finger, of course. Sam is statuesque before you. Despite the chill of the bunker, his skin still shines with sweat. The hair at his temples is damp. He's breathing carefully, measured breaths that expand his chest. You wish for just a second that you tied him into a harness but with him so close to a breakdown there simply hadn't been time. An idea for the next planned scene for sure, though. Claws secure, you reach out and grip Sam's chin again. The feel of the metal against his skin punches a gasp from Sam. You tighten your grip a fraction, watching the tips press into his skin. The flesh under the metal reddens and then blanches out to white as you increase the pressure. Sam whines, tipping his head back, not to escape your grip, but to offer you his throat. A bolt of lust shoots up your spine. The power you wield at this moment is incredible, and Sam just surrenders it to you, utterly trusting you to give him what he needs, to take him down far enough and bring him back up. You run your hand down to his throat, trailing metal over his skin. Your hand doesn't even cover the full length of his throat, but when you squeeze the claws, dig in, and Sam groans. You flex your fingers and vary the pressure. Sam's head kicks back even further. You don't have the strength or reach to truly cut off his air supply, but it doesn't matter. Sam's eyes are covered, but you can feel the tension leave his body as you tease him with the metal. A glance between his thighs shows Sam fully hard now, and you have to stand up and move behind him, before you abandon the whole scene in favor of pushing him over and riding him until you're both crying out. You don't touch Sam while you move, 
just keeping your footsteps clear. You stand behind him and watch the small movements of his head to try and track you. Even like this, he can't turn his hunter senses off. Placing your hand on his shoulder has Sam flinching in shock before relaxing slightly. His shoulder is tense under your fingers and you squeeze slightly. You watch the skin flush under the points of silver and Sam shivers before consciously relaxing his shoulders. You run your free hand through his hair as a reward. Sam sighs in pleasure, which turns into a moan when you make a fist of hair and shove his head forward, forcing him to curl his upper body slightly and expose the width of his shoulders to you. Still, your voice is firm but not harsh. It's not a request, it's an order, and Sam knows it. You feel him nod under your hand and take his consent. Releasing his hair, you brace your naked hand against one shoulder as you set about marking up as much skin as you can. The claws aren't sharp enough to cut the skin like a knife, but they leave crimson lines in their wake, and you know from experience that it stings in the best way. You move slowly, steadily. It's an art and requires precision. Move too fast, and you risk doing Sam a deeper injury. You vary the pressure, sometimes skimming over his skin without a mark, other times pressing deeply and leaving vivid trails. Sam keeps up a stream of moans and curses while you work. He enjoys pain like this in the same way people enjoy a good meal. In talks you've had, he has explained that the pain clears his mind, wipes all thoughts apart from the now. He can't dwell on the dead, the mistakes of the hunt, his own feelings of failure. He can't think of anything but the sensation. It's one of the reasons you opted to tie him up tonight. It's not even close to true bondage, but it gives Sam a feeling of grounding when he can't move freely. The coarser rope is an extra touch of sensation and pain. When you're done, Sam's shoulders are a crosshatch of stark red lines. It's beautiful in what it represents. You use both hands to pull Sam's shoulders up and straighten his back. He rolls his shoulders as much as he can and groans when the marked skin stretches. As you watch him pull and stretch the damaged skin, reveling in the pain, you consider how much you prefer these marks over the marks left by impact play. Way back when you and Sam had played with paddles and belts. Sometimes you still did. You weren't above begging Sam to take his belt to your ass but it was all for naught with Sam. He got nothing out of it and often ended up more frustrated than when you had begun. You'd chatted and speculated that being thrown around by monsters every week had probably made him immune to any kind of pleasure to be found in the pain of impacts. That was when you'd started looking into other forms of pain and sensation play. Then you'd found Sam went wild for knife play and came like a rocket when you mentioned piercing play. Besides, you can't do to impact play marks what you are about to do to Sam. You walk around Sam again, tossing the claws aside and looking at him from the front. Tears streak his cheeks, but his cock is drooling pre-cum into a puddle on the floor. You reach out to pick up the candle you lit earlier and blow out the flame. There's a good amount of melted wax, and you step back behind Sam. Color? You have to check. Sam can take it like a champ and beg for more, but it's your show and you won't hurt him more than he needs. Green Princess. 
His voice is spacey now. He's clearly floating happily. Perfect. Thank you. You wait one more second before tipping the candle and splashing the wax over the scarlet stripes in his skin. Sam reacts like he's been electrocuted. His back arches almost double as he throws his head back and roars. You can feel the slick pulling in your panties. Christ, you must have been a saint in a past life to be granted this sight. Sam's head is bowed now, and his back is heaving as he pants. You stand motionless as he recovers. It takes a minute or two, but Sam straightens his spine. Again. The word comes from between clenched teeth, but it's still a request, not a demand. You tilt the candle again, aiming for a clear patch of abused flesh. The reaction isn't as strong the second time. Sam locks up and groans deep in his chest. The noise is pure porn, though, and sends sparks up your spine. You carry on until Sam is shaking and his skin is covered in spots of black wax. The color contrasts perfectly with the red ribbons crossing his skin and makes the untouched flesh shine even more golden. Placing the candle on the floor behind you, you walk around Sam's form until you can sit on the bed and look at him. He's a beautiful mess. There are still tears running down his face and sweat running over his temples. He's not shaking anymore. Not fully, anyway. Random muscle groups are tensing and twitching as he comes down. Dropping your eyes, you can see the pool of cum and his softening cock. You'd expect it as much when he reacted so strongly to the wax. Sam? You pitch your voice soft. He grunts in response. I'm going to take the blindfold off now. Keep your eyes closed for me, sweetheart. Another grunt. You lean forward and untie it pulling it gently from his face. The fabric is damp with tears, and under it, you can still see droplets clinging to Sam's eyelashes. You don't like making Sam cry, but you understand it comes with giving him what he needs, and you accept it as the compliment it means. If Sam is crying, you did a good job. You took him where he needed to go, and now it's time to bring him back. The blindfold gets tossed in the direction of Sam's clothes, and you cup his cheeks in your hands. You run your thumbs under his eyes, wiping away the moisture. Sam's eyelids flutter, and he opens them. Dilated pupils meet yours, still surrounded by gray, but relaxed now. The pain has banished, the hurt, the guilt, the regret, and between now and the morning, that gray will fade away to the blues, greens, and golds you love so much. You hold Sam's face in your hands as he looks at you with utter adoration. Thank you, princess. The scene is over in your mind, but Sam addresses you formally still. He's still spacey, still coming back, but he twists his hands out of your bindings and moves towards the bed on his knees. When he reaches you, he pushes your thighs open. Sam, sweetheart, you don't. You're silenced by Sam pressing a finger into you. Uh, Sam, no. Really? Look. He's pulled your underwear to one side now and is working two fingers into you while his thumb works over your clit. His movements are sloppy. He's not all there yet. But you're so on edge now. It's not going to take any finesse to get you there. So good to me. Give me what I need. I need to make you feel good too. Sam's mouth isn't on the action now suckling on your clit and driving you closer and closer. 
He pulls away to keep praising you. So fucking good to me. Mine. My princess. The name is what pushes you over. Maybe you're a little possessive too. Maybe you should talk to the therapist about your praise kink. But Sam fucking his fingers into you while he calls you his princess is too much for you to take and you come with a shout. Sam sucks on your clit again and one orgasm blends into two. He doesn't stop until you're shaking and pushing him away. He removes his hand and rests his forehead on your thigh. You both just breathe for a couple of minutes. But it's still your scene and Sam needs to be cared for now. Fighting away the desire to crash, you sit up properly and brush your fingers through Sam's hair. Sweetheart, you with me? Sam rolls his head to the side, cheek pressed into your leg now, and looks up at you. He's back with you now, his face only showing exhaustion. Perfect. Can you stand up for me then? He shakes his head, but pushes himself up anyway. You take advantage of the height to quickly untie the rope from his thighs. The skin is red, but not broken or even grazed. When you tell Sam to stay still, he does as he's told. That done, you stand and rush to the dresser. You hand Sam clean boxers while you pull on clean panties. A little while ago, Sam had installed a mini-fridge in the room for nights like this. It's stocked with bottled water, and there is a pack of protein bars next to it. You grab two bottles and a bar before moving back to Sam. He takes the water you offer, draining two-thirds of the bottle in one go. You offer the protein bar, but he shakes his head. He stayed in one place, still semi in the scene from when you'd asked him to stand, but you can see the fatigue in his body. You tangle your fingers in his and lead him to his side of the bed, gesture for him to lie down, and then cover him with the blankets. You drink most of your water on the journey to the other side of the bed and put the bottle on the floor as you slide under the covers. No matter what the scene was, planned or impromptu, they end the same way. You stretch over Sam to turn out the light. He waits for you to get comfortable before drawing you into his arms and holding you so tight. He pins your legs with one of his own, pulls you tight to his chest and rests his chin on your head on the pillow. The same whispered, thank you. The same hum of reply from you. The same silence where you wonder if he sleeps or not. You know somewhere in the dark he'll find his way back to you again. He always does. Sometimes he just needs a little help to find the way. Sam's needs don't change. They just manifest in different ways. He needs you. To possess you. To own you. To give himself up to you. To beg you. He needs. It feels wonderful to submit to him, and it's beautiful to watch him submit to you. Sam hasn't had much to call his own in his life, but you, you're his, and he's yours. There will always be a need, always a next time. You'll face it together.